0: On today's episode, would Bugs Bunny get canceled? Is Netflix still requiring more passwords? And what does Elon Musk think about AI? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Socially Sensitive Podcast. This is Socially Solo, episode number 182. Today's Sunday, April 30th, 2023. Today's National Pet Parents Day. So if you got your pets, you need to uh just take care of them and uh show them a little love. Uh today's also National Bugs Bunny Day. You know, Bugs Bunny, he was uh an iconic cartoon character. He's been around forever. It's uh I think he first appeared, said in a short film back in nineteen thirty-eight. So, you know, but in the, the last in the recent years, I guess, there's been a a shift in uh, the cultural landscape which uh, would uh, make everybody, I guess, re-examine how they look at some of these classic cartoon characters like Bugs Bunny and, uh, I guess, how they would be perceived in today's uh, woke culture because uh, we everybody knows if Bugs Bunny was created today, it's likely that uh, his character wouldn't uh, be the same as it was. It'd be pretty different from uh, Bugs Bunny uh, from when I grew up. Um, You know, because he was known as kind of a, I guess, a mischievous personality, that slapstick-type humor, the the Three Stooges-type humor that uh, you could never do today. And I know a lot of you probably don't remember the Three Stooges. But... uh, and, you know, because he, he would always mock authority and, uh, um, but just his type of behavior today, I guess, would be considered, uh, insensitive or offensive. Some people could see it that way. Um, you know, one area where his character was always, uh, that it would definitely be changed is uh, how he handled uh, cultural stereotypes because, you know, they poked a lot of fun at some of, them, like, Native Americans or Asians or things like that. Um, and in today's more sensitive cultural climate, you know, those type of portrayals um, would be viewed as inappropriate or offensive. So, and, you know, and how he was with female characters. Um you know, because I guess he, they would be considered inappropriate comments that he would made, and, uh, yeah, they would be viewed now as sexist or misogynistic, but, uh, so, yeah, if Bugs Bunny were created, he'd probably be a, a little different than the one we knew, um, but, you know, it's kind of also, when I was thinking about, you know, cartoons and, and, uh, the bugs bunny character but just tv shows and cartoons in general as to how kids today i guess they probably don't really appreciate just how accessible cartoons and tv shows are today you know because they've got like all the streaming services netflix disney plus all that they can watch all of their favorite shows uh, and movies you know anytime anywhere um they always available on their phone or ipad Um, and, uh, so that, that can kind of lead to a, probably a lack of appreciation for what they're watching. You know, when I was growing up, we had to, you know, wait for your favorite show to come on, on TV. You know, I remember primarily on Saturday mornings is when we got to watch cartoons, um, and some Disney, uh, movies on Sunday night, um, but, you you know, you had to make a point of tuning in at the right time because uh, back then if you missed an episode, it was just gone. Maybe you would catch a rerun later on, but uh, a lot of times it was just gone and done. Um, and, you know, I think that, that sense of anticipation and the excitement kind of helped to uh, build a, a stronger connection between you and the shows that you watched in uh I don't know. You were just bigger fans of them back then, I guess. Um, and, uh, saw another story, you know, talking about Netflix that, you know, where last year they announced they were going to be cracking down on, uh, their password sharing, I guess, in a lot of number of countries. And, uh, it didn't work out too good for them because, uh, then right after they announced that, you know, Netflix had its worst year ever. Um, in uh, 2022 said they lost 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter and almost a million in their second. Uh, I guess a lot of people just that had been sharing accounts were, you know, just canceling their subscriptions. So, but now, you know, they're on a a mission to get their stock numbers back up and their subscriber count back up. Um, you know, for years, Netflix, they kind of relied on that, uh, you know, Well, they had a pretty relaxed attitude, I guess, towards password sharing. They didn't seem to mind it, or it was never anything that, that was really public that they seemed to focus on. And I I imagine part of it was probably pretty strategic, you know, because that idea of, you know, if you're a parent and you have, like, college-age kids, and they're off at school, and uh, they're, you know, you're sharing your passwords with them, and then they, they have... You know, then that way they're growing up constantly using Netflix, and uh, you know, then eventually they're going to sign up for their own account once they get out on their own, get a job, Um, and I think Netflix is probably counting on that. So you know, because it comes down from Netflix, the more people who use it, then uh, and the more people who talk about Netflix, just I mean that's just better for them in the long run, either way. And you know, the earlier you can hook someone. Um, into your product if you're a company or corporation. The earlier you can hook them in in their life, the, the more likely they'll be uh, loyal to your product or brand for a lot of people for the rest of their life. You know, it's like the strategy that McDonald's always used to uh, attract um, kids as customers. Um, that's why they had the playgrounds and the Happy Meals, and, you know, that's always... It's, it's, it's referred to as kid marketing, You know, it involves, you know, you making products or services that uh, I guess specifically designed to appeal to children and their parents, but uh, with the aim of, yeah, building that brand loyalty. That's why back, uh, you know, in the 80s and 90s, there were a lot of grocery stores that gave kids um, a cookie card that, uh, and we did that, I think, when I worked at Food Lion, that uh, you'd write the kid's name on the card and that, that kid kept that card with them the whole time they always had it it was you know something that the kid cherished back then and then every time they came into the store with their parents shopping then they you know could bring their card by the bakery for uh, a free cookie and uh for a lot of those kids yeah that card meant and everything to them you know because it was it was theirs and then when they grew up you know a lot of them stayed pretty brand loyal to to that store Heard an interview um, today that uh, Elon Musk gave about his concerns with the potentials, um, the potential dangers of, I guess, a hyperintelligent AI, and uh, here's that clip.
1: I don't think the average person yes. playing with AI on his iPhone perceives any danger. Can you just roughly explain what you think the dangers might be? Yeah, so the, 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 the danger, uh, really, AI is um, perhaps uh, more dangerous than, say, mismanaged uh, aircraft design or production maintenance or, or, or b- bad car production, uh, in the sense that it is it has the potential, uh, however small one may regard that probability, but it is non-trivial. It has the potential of civilizational destruction. There's movies like Terminator, but it wouldn't quite happen like Terminator um, because the the intelligence would be in the data centers. Right. Uh, The robot's just the end effector. But I think perhaps uh, what you may be alluding to here is that um, regulations are really only put into effect after something terrible has happened. That's correct. If that's the case for AI and we're only putting regulations after something terrible has happened, it may be too late to actually put the regulations in place. The AI may be in control at that point. You think... That's real. It is. It is conceivable that AI could take control and reach a point where you couldn't turn it off, and it would be making, making the decisions for people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's that's that's definitely where things are headed, uh, for sure. Uh, I mean, um, the, the, the things like like say uh, ChatGPT, which is uh, based on GPT four from OpenAI, which right. is a company that I. Uh, Played a, a critical role in, in creating, unfortunately. Back uh, when it was a nonprofit. Yes, um, I mean the the, the, the reason uh, OpenAI exists at all is that um, Larry Page and I used to be close friends, and I would yes. stay at his house in Palo Alto, and I would talk to him late into the night about uh, AI safety, and at least my perception was that Larry was not taking uh, AI safety uh, seriously enough. Um, and um, what did he say about it? He really seemed to be um, what it wants, wants sort of digital super intelligence, basically digital God, if you will, uh, uh, as soon as possible. Um, he wanted that? Yes. He's, he's made many public statements over the years uh, that, that the whole goal of Google is uh, uh, what's called AGI, Artificial General Intelligence, or Artificial Superintelligence. You know,
0: oh, well, that's all I have today. Um, just want to thank everybody for listening and uh, if you enjoyed this episode please be sure to share it with your friends and family and uh, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode so thanks again for listening and uh, we hope you have an amazing rest of your day see you tomorrow bye if you haven't already subscribe to socially sensitive on apple Podcasts, spotify or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. You can also find us on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Socially Sensitive. Also, check out our website, sociallysensitive.com, and grab some officially licensed products.